Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Hey ladies, we are in the countdown to Christmas here and this is our last episode for 2021. It is crazy that we are coming to the end of this year. So we're going to finish strong today with Amy Gannett, who's the founder of Tiny Theologians. And Amy has a new book out and she joins us to encourage us to dive into growing in our love for the Lord through His Word. She reminds us that He wants to know us and invites us to know Him by giving, gifting us with His Word. So why would we not spend time with Him? So this conversation was so helpful to me and just really stirred my affections and desires to know God better. Honestly convicted me so much and I hope that you find it both encouraging and convicting as well. So let's get after it. Well, welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. I've been excited to have you. I've been following Tiny Theologians and and all your stuff for for a little while, so I've been excited to chat with you. That's great. Tiny Theologians is um, such a fun way. When people find me through Tiny Theologians, or that's like their first exposure, I'm always so glad because it's such a, it's like so close to my heart. You know, it's not like somebody found it's your a hobby favorite little that's like project. adjacent to me. It's yeah. like actually such a part of my heart. So that's really fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cause you do so many other things as well. And we'll talk about those. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to my listeners to the, for those who might not know you and kind of what life is looking like for you these days. Yeah. My name is Amy Gannett and I'm a Bible teacher and a writer. I'm a first time author. I just released my first book, Fix Your Eyes in October. Um, so a good portion of my life is spent doing, uh, writing Bible studies and teaching exegetically, which is just the fancy word for teaching verse by verse through the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. that's one of my big passions. I love equipping women to know and love God through his word. And so exegetical Bible study is a big part of that. I went to Bible school and seminary and picked up a lot of tools along the way for studying God's word. And I love passing those on to others because Mm -hmm. I'm a very average student. I've never been a 4.0 GPA type person. And so I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it. And so I just want to share a lot of what I've learned in Bible school and seminary. So yeah, um, that's a big part of my life. Tiny theologians is another big part of my life. I um, created a um, library of resources really for Mm -hmm. families looking to disciple their kids um, in the historic Christian faith. And so we call it tiny theologians because we love teaching little ones about theology and who God is, um, mm. to the same end that they would know and love God through his word. Um, and then that's like my online life and my small business life, you know, mm-hmm. um, but in my day-to-day life, my husband and I are church planters in Greenville, North Carolina, mm. and we are planting Trinity church Greenville. And we have a 20 month old named Emerson who is just the best part of our days. And, um, we love working together and we love parenting together. And so, um, that's kind of what the dailiness of life looks like for me. Yes. I bet North Carolina is so pretty this time of year. I've always wanted to visit there in the fall. 
it's beautiful this year in particular. I feel like it's beautiful. So we don't get snow in the winter. I grew up in Iowa. So oh, I'm used to yeah. like big dumps of snow. And so when we first <laughs> I really missed it. But now this time of year really outweighs missing the snow because we can right. still be outside after dinner. Right. <laughs> we're, still, we're not like Eskimos, like we're not all bundled up and stuff. So it's right. really wonderful. Right. I love that. And tell us about your new book, Fix Your Eyes. It came out in September, right? October 5th. So okay, really close yeah. to September. Yeah. Um, Fix Your Eyes really was born out of my desire to see um, a bridge built for the everyday believer between what we know about God and the God that we worship. So um, I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I have really experienced the dichotomy of either being like a thinking Christian or a feeling Christian, mm. um, either studying God's word or experiencing God in worship. Um, and really those should all be, and statements we yeah. know, and love God, we learn about who God is and study his word and we worship the God that we're learning about. And so um, as a seminary grad, I, as a seminary student, I really gained a deep love for studying God's word intentionally, but then all often found that it seemed so separate from my worship of him. So I was experiencing mm-hmm. God in my local church through worship music and experiencing God through service, experiencing God in my quiet time, but it felt kind of separate from the God I was studying. It felt mm-hmm. sort of adjacent to the God of my intellect And I knew that wasn't right. That's not how God intends it. We see in his word that he wants us to know and love him. And so everything Mm -hmm. that we're learning about God should thrust us deeper into worship of him. And it should push us into adoration and obedience and discipleship. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to write an accessible systematic theology for the person who says, Hey, I really think I could be really into theology. Like, I think I could, I would like to start dipping my toes in those waters. I wanted to write something that was accessible. So for Mm -hmm. the person that says theology is really interesting to me and I want to learn more, this book is going to be a great primer. It's a great place to start um, without picking up like a 700 page systematic theology textbook (laughs) off of Amazon um, and hoping that you picked a good one, right? So it's a good place to start, but also it has a hefty portion at the end of each chapter you know, each chapter is structured like a systematic. So each chapter addresses a major doctrine of the Christian faith, like the Trinity or the incarnation or the church or the Holy spirit, that sort of thing. Um, but it has a hefty portion at the end of each chapter that shows us how it draws us to worship God more. So how does knowing that God is trying you and actually shape our life of discipleship? How do we respond to the triune God mm-hmm. in our daily lives? How do we respond to the God of his church in our daily lives of worship? So for the person that says, I'm interested in theology, and I'm interested in knowing more but I still want to keep it rooted in how they live their lives of discipleship. Um, I wrote this book for that person. And it really is ultimately a book for me. It was the book mm-hmm. that came out of my own desire to see this bridge built between what I know about God and the God that I worship every day. That is so cool. Cause yeah, when I think of systematic theology, I think of those giant textbooks, right. That I've seen like friends going through seminary or whatever it is like giant textbooks. So it's, yeah, that's, I feel like something's so needed for somebody who's like, okay, I just want like to start somewhere and not start with a 700 page textbook, you know, like (laughs) that's exactly right. Well, and I think one of the benefits of starting at a place like fix your eyes Mm -hmm. is that because I set out to write an accessible one, we're only talking about essentials of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody sets out, there are a lot of wonderful systematics out there and we need systematic 
theology textbooks that are going to address a whole host of non-essential issues, you know, issues that we in the church maybe see differently, but we still call each other brother and sister in Christ. So like people (laughs) might practice baptism differently, but we're still following Jesus. You know, somebody might baptize infants, somebody might baptize um, professing believers, and but still under the banner of Christianity, some people might see these, you know, non-essentials of the Christian faith differently. And we need textbooks that address that. But I set out not to address that. I set out just to address the essentials mm-hmm. um, so that people can sort of, not that we should, we ever really to- do this in full. We never totally read this way, but that people can read sort of with their guard down. Like it's mm-hmm. not written from a denominational perspective. Like this isn't a right. Baptist textbook or a Presbyterian textbook. It's just really addressing the essentials of the Christian faith. What does it mean that like God is three in one? What does it mean mm-hmm. that God is over his church and that he's coming again? You know, all of those sorts of things. So for the person that's like, I've tried a systematic theology textbook, but I got into the weeds really fast. Right. You know, I'm this sure book is maybe hopefully an easier place to start. <laughs> yes. That's, that's so great that that's a resource now. I mean, I think that that's awesome. Yeah. Just covering the essentials. So let's back up just a little bit for somebody who might be listening and they're like, I've never heard the word theology before. What is a theologian? Like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. (laughs) Um, Well, theology comes, it's actually, if we break it down etymologically, we can break it down into two root words. The Greek word theos means God. And that's the first part of the word theology and ology is just the suffix that we add on to any word to mean the study of. So like biology Mm -hmm. is the study of bio, which is life. So it's the study of life. So theology is the study of theos or God. It's Mm -hmm. what we know and believe about God. Um, And so that answers the question of Mm -hmm. who is a theologian. The answer is all of us, (laughs) all of us know something or believe something about God, whether or not it's come from the Bible or whether it's come from culture or whether it's come from our own assumptions about the God of the universe, Mm -hmm. we all have a theology in place. And so as Christians, those who say we follow Jesus, those who say we um, believe in the God of the Bible, the question for us isn't, am I a theologian? Am I smart enough to be a theologian? Have I read enough to be considered a theologian? The question isn't whether or not we're a theologian. The question is, is are we biblical theologians? Mm-hmm. Is our theology, is our view of who God is, is aligned with who he says he is. And he says, he tells us who he is in his word. Mm-hmm. And so we are really taking up the task of looking at God's word and saying, God, who do you say you are in your self-revelation, the Bible? Who do you say we are? And then we are growing in knowing him more, growing in loving him more based on who he has revealed himself in scripture to be. So that's what theology is. And that means that all of us are theologians. We're just seeking to be more and more biblical ones. Yeah, that's great. And I heard you talk about like, you know, you could be gathering this, you know, knowledge of who God is from the word, or you could be gathering it from culture in the world. And right now I feel like there is so much of the world screaming what we should believe. And so it can be very hard to, um, I guess, like determine which is from the word and what is just culture's idea of what it could be or their own interpretation of what it could be. So are there some things that you feel like, you know, need to be kind of broken down, like things that are 
like most commonly uh, misconstrued or something about who God is? Yeah, I think there are a lot of this and it probably varies based on the circles that you run in. Right. Um, but I think we find this outside of Christian circles and inside Christian circles. They can, you know, the misconceptions about who God is can be really different um, outside and inside Christian circles. So I think one of the misconceptions about God outside of Christian circles is that God is sort of like an aloof, disappointed dad who's waiting for us to mess up or displease him. And he only steps in when we've done something wrong. I have unbelieving friends who view God this way, who view Mm. God as um, only really showing up to wag a disappointed finger. But we actually see none of that in scripture. Actually, the Mm. heart of the father God in scripture reaches out to the creation of his love in their weaknesses Um, and when is the heart of Christ most close to us in the gospel message, when we have sinned and call Mm -hmm. on God in repentance for his forgiveness. Um, there are lots of names that God gives himself throughout scripture, but quick to forgive is one of them. Mm -hmm. And God is always ready to hear a prayer of repentance. And I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions outside of Christian circles. And then inside Christian circles, you know, this is going to vary from circle to circle, right? Within denominational backgrounds, stuff like that. But one of the things that I've heard a lot recently is about, um, is sort of the shrug of the shoulders about the Trinity. Mm. Um, the Trinity seems like a really complex theological concept and it is, I'm not downplaying that. I'm not saying it's simple in some ways. It's really simple. It's some of the simplest stuff that we believe as a Christian. And then in another sense, it's so God's three in one nature is so otherworldly. It's so unhuman, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. That we have a really hard time wrapping our minds around it. Um, But I think a lot of Christians look at the doctrine of the Trinity and wonder what relevance it would have to their daily life. Mm. But because God is triune, um, we could safely say that all of the Christian life is about this triune God. Mm. The entire Bible is poised to teach us about God. And that means that the entire canon of scripture is poised to teach us about the Trinity, God, mm. who is three in one, who is co-equal and co-eternal as father, son, and spirit. And so I think we see as we dive deeper into God's word and let God speak for himself, because let's not forget that's what scripture, when we read scripture, that's what is happening. We're letting God tell us himself who right. he is and what he is like. Um, we find corrections for these misconceptions, both outside the church and inside the church. Hmm. Yeah. And I like that you said that he's teaching us about him, like not about us, you know, that's That's like one of the biggest things is that we can turn to a part of scripture or, you know, today's world is very, you know, instant gratification. So like a quick devotional and then go read this one verse where you haven't read any context and you think, ah, yes, this is, this was for me, you know, and yes, yes, God wrote it so that you would learn about him. Uh, but it's not specifically for Emma or Amy, you know, like in that moment, it wasn't written for that. Right. Yeah. I don't remember who said this first. Maybe a lot of people have said this before, but, um, I really have appreciated the quote 
you know, God's word is written to you, but it wasn't written to you first. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for you first. It was for an original audience and it was for an original cultural setting. And so by understanding those, we actually understand how to apply it to our own lives rightly so that we are people who like scripture commands us rightly divide the word of truth. And, um, but I think we actually find more encouragement in looking to God's word for what he has to say about who he is Mm -hmm. than we would by looking to God's word for what it has to say about ourselves. Mm. I don't know about you, but I am not infinitely interesting. I (laughs) might have some interesting quirks. You can ask my husband. I've got a a bunch of quirky habits and traits and, you know, he knows me better (laughs) than anyone else. Right. And um, he could say he finds me interesting, but still at a finite level, I am interested. But as we look to God's word about to learn about God, he is infinitely interesting. And the coolest thing, the coolest testimony that comes from the existence of the Bible is that God wanted us to know him. Mm. I mean, I don't know about you, but there are some people that are like, Hey, I really want to get to know you. And I'm like, I don't know how much of myself I want to reveal to you. Like I just met you, or (laughs) um, maybe I don't feel the same kinship that you feel with me or, you know, whatever the situation is, but God's invitation for us to know him. He throws his arms wide open in Mm -hmm. scripture and invites us to know him and to plumb the depths of who he is, even though he is limitless and we are limited. Like we can Mm -hmm. study God's word and study theology our entire lives long. And it's never going to get dull. Mm -hmm. Like we would, if we study God's word, just for information about ourselves or self-help, we're going to get bored really quickly. But when we turn our eyes to God, when we fix our eyes on him, which is where the title of my book comes from, we're going to have endless study, endless fun in God's word, because we're never going to get to the end of his infinite being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And (laughs) I like that you compared it to us, you know, because everything is always turned on us as like, oh yeah, there's only so far we can go with how interesting we are. (laughs) (laughs) So Amy, most of my audience is like somewhere ladies in their like early 20s, mostly and then beyond. But so thinking about kind of them and just their heart for the Lord and might be wondering, you know, I I do want to study the word, but I don't really know how to get started with that. Like what what should that time actually look like? What are some things I can do during that time? You know, just kind of like some encouragement for ladies who might be wondering like how to even start studying the Bible. That's great. Well, I would encourage anyone listening who feels that way. I would encourage you by saying having the desire to study God's word is the first step. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think the biggest hurdle. (laughs) I think when we have an apathetic spirit towards knowing God, we actually have so much more work to do than when we have the eagerness to know God, but we just don't know where to start. So if somebody's listening and saying, I really want to do this. I really want to know God through his word. I just don't know where to start. You are miles ahead of the game of where I started when I started reading the Bible, because I started reading the Bible with a bit of apathy, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I will also testify God changes our hearts. Mm -hmm. So for the person listening, who's like, Oh, bummer. I'm at that apathetic point. Like I'm starting (laughs) at a really Um, I'm starting with a lack of desire to know God, God changes our hearts. So ask him to do that. He's going to be the one that stirs your affections for 
himself and for knowing him. Mm -hmm. Um, but for somebody who says, I want to start doing this, here are just a couple of tips that I would have, um, set a time each day. And I encourage it to be in the morning before you start your day. I know there are, there are very few people who will be benefited by doing it at night. And there are few, um, but most of us will be benefited by starting our day. I would set a time frame. So either I'm an early morning person, so this is not what it has to look like for you. Um, but I am up at 5 a.m. during the week. And so my first hour of the day, 5 to 6 a.m., is my time to sit with God in prayer and in his word. Now, I don't think that somebody who's just starting needs to do mark out 5 to 6 a.m., but pick a time. Is it 7 a.m.? Is it 7 to 7 20? that you are going to spend with the Lord each day, pick a time, mm. mark it out, and even put it in your calendar, put it in your phone, put it in your planner, mark it out and set it aside as sacred time for you to meet with the Lord. It's that important. It's that important mm-hmm. that we don't just say, I need 20 more minutes of sleep. Well, you might feel like you need 20 more minutes of sleep, but guess what? You just don't need it more than you need to know the Lord. I mean, mm. it's just that important. Um, so set a time and then do your best to stick to it. It takes about 30 days to create a habit. So do your best to stick to it for 30 days. Seasons mm-hmm. like Advent, which as we're recording this, we're just about to step into Advent, which is a season leading up to Christmas. And then mm-hmm. seasons like Lent, which is the 40 days leading up to Easter are great times to start because mm-hmm. you can seek out the Lord and a, do a particular study or do a particular something for those days. And in the process, you're forming in yourself a habit of meeting with God every day. Right. Um, but I'll just share what I do when I sit down. I, when I sit down, I pick a book of the Bible that I'm going through. Right now I'm in first and second Kings, um, but I would encourage somebody just starting to start with one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. They're the first four books of the new Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, Start with one of those or one of the letters of the new Testament. So either first and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Um, those are going to be great places to start because the gospels are all about what Jesus did in his life and ministry. And so as we seek about seek to be people who know God better, knowing who Jesus was in his earthly life, um, how he came to save the world, how he ministered alongside the disciples, how he preached and how he taught and how he died and how he rose again. All of those things are going to be so valuable to us as we learn about who God is and as we get to know him more. So that's what the gospels are setting out to do. They, they, I mean, they say at the beginning, like this is to create an account of Jesus's life. I mean, that's what they set out to do. And then in the letters, all the letters that I listed were written by the apostle Paul. But the reason I recommend starting either with the gospel or with these letters is because these letters were written to people just after Jesus returned to heaven. He had died. He had risen again. The church, the early church was forming for the first time. They were asking the question, okay, so now what, (laughs) what do we do now? Right. Um, We were a part of the Jewish faith and now the Messiah has come. So now what, or we were not a part of the Jewish faith, but a Messiah has come who has cracked open the kingdom of God so that all can be a part of it. Um, This invitation is far and wide. And I've been invited to follow Jesus as my savior and um, to put my faith in um, the king of the universe. And so now what, what does it look like to live this life as a new Christian? These letters are instructional letters seeking to answer that question. So if you're like, I actually don't know much about Jesus's life, start in the gospels. If you're asking the question, how does faith find its feet in my daily life? Start with one of these letters. 
And then depending on which book you choose, it's going to kind of determine how much you read each day. So in the gospels, you're probably going to want to read a chapter because it's going to give you like a short narrative within the length of a chapter. But in the gospels or in the letters, I mean, some of these letters are only four or five chapters long. So maybe meditate on the first five verses and then the next day, the next five verses or Mm -hmm. read until um, you see a natural break in the biblical text. So spend some time reading scripture and then spend some time in prayer. It really can be that simple in your 20 Mm -hmm. minutes as you set out to have a quiet time. Um, I am really served by prayer lists because I get very distracted. If I start my quiet time, my time with the Lord with prayer. (laughs) get very easily my mind wanders and I'm not very focused. And so prayer lists really help me. I have a list of like personal things that I'm praying for, um, sort of logistical things like, God, these are the things on my plate that I am praying that you would bless and that they would go well. I have prayer requests for my family members, for my friends, that sort of thing. And so, um, those really help me structure my time. So you don't have to start with a whole list. Mm -hmm. You don't have to Start with a strategic reading plan. Right. Um, you might be helped by those, but start by choosing a book of the Bible to read and start by filling out the rest of your time in prayer and then let the Lord lead you and let it grow. The, my last encouragement to somebody starting would be let something serve you for a season, mm-hmm. like a certain method of um, Bible study. Like whether you're, re- you're like, I'm going to read five verses and I'm going to pray for the last 10 minutes. Let's say that that's your 20 minutes from seven to seven twenty. allow that to be a season. And when you feel like you're ready for more, take on more, when you're ready to do a prayer list, instead of an open-ended time in prayer, start a prayer list or use a prayer guide. I'm using the Valley of vision right now because I felt like my prayer life needed to grow in a new way. So let it be seasonal, but keep seeking the Lord. That's the, that's the heartbeat behind having that time marked out in your calendar. It's not that you're checking off a list and okay, I read one whole chapter today. Okay. I prayed for 15 minutes today. That's not the point. The point is Mm -hmm. that you continue to seek the Lord in every season of life. So, and there's lots of ways that that could look. Mm, That's so helpful and practical. And, you know, I think we often are like trying to make it so much more complicated than it needs to be, right? It can simply Mm -hmm. be to read and to pray and to ask God to open your eyes to who he is, you know, can be that simple of a way to start. So that's super helpful. So Amy, I have two more questions for you. And they're more of like my fun questions that I ask every guest. So the first one is what are you, and you can pick from any of these, like reading, listening to watching any of those. Um, so I am in a watching slump. So I will take all the recommendations, (laughs) Um, but I am reading. uh, Some people don't like this answer, but I'm going to give it with confidence. Okay. (laughs) I am reading Harry Potter for the second time and loving it. So when I had my daughter Emerson, I always had a book on my bedside table, pre-baby always. And it was almost always a thinking book, like a theology book of some kind. And I could not do that. I was too tired. I did not have the brain power, but I needed something that would help me love reading again. And I love Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm on my second time through. I'm in book six right now. Nice. Just having the best time. So that's what I'm reading right now. And listening to, um, there is actually a new podcast um, out by the gospel coalition. Mm. It's for ministry leaders and it's called you're not crazy. Oh. And it's really wonderful. It's about like keeping Christ at the center of your ministry and how to have, um, you build unity in the church. And my husband and I listen to it together and we like to discuss it because, um, we are in local church ministry together. So yeah. those are 
those will answer two of your questions. So you're going to have to give me what you're watching because I have no idea what to watch on Netflix anymore. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I feel like there's too many options is the problem that we're starting to face. It's like, okay, you've got Netflix and you've got Hulu and Disney plus and Apple TV and you, people are telling you to watch different things from different, you know, streaming services. And I'm like, but I can't afford 45 streaming services. Okay. That's exactly (laughs) right. Also, we were all so proud. Like we don't do cable. I'm not paying a hundred dollars a month for cable. Right. We got all these services and we're like, if you tally it up, it's like a hundred dollars a month. So yeah. 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 So we keep, we try to keep one or two services on at a time at our house. And then when something's like on Hulu that we want to watch, we'll like Mm -hmm. cancel Netflix and get Hulu for a month. You know, we kind of like play that's smart. That's hot potato of the streaming (laughs) services. (laughs) Or the key is to just one person have something and then all your friends share it with you. (laughs) (laughs) Which I hope that the people who run those streaming services aren't hearing that I do that. (laughs) I think you're I think you're pretty safe. I think that um we we share with um family members, but we had to do like, we got a family plan, you know, right. like we got a family plan where you can have like X numbers of screens or whatever. So, right. we so were technically living, you're following the rules. Well, and we were living with our in-laws, like we were all in this under the same roof. So it really, yes. really was following all the rules. But the thing that was difficult about that is that we, all of a sudden we were like, we have, we signed up to have like, I don't know how many screens, five different screens can play at the same time but we found that we were all watching the exact same thing. So there was no point. <laughs> we should all just watch in the living room together. But like, you know, so well, we what if totally you're on different episodes of having so many options? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Everyone's in their own room watching, the, watching same the same thing at the same time. So let's just all come together. So we did that and it was way more fun. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Lastly, what's refreshing you these days? Like anything just is giving you life. Yeah. Two things come immediately to mind. One is our weather is finally cooling off Mm -hmm. and I'm enjoying it immensely. So being from the Midwest, North Carolina summers are really hard for me still. I just Mm. sweat too much for the humidity that we get around here. (laughs) And so I don't enjoy being outside really through September, Um, but I love the outdoors. And so being able to be outside, take our daughter outside, go on long walks, that sort of thing this time of year is so refreshing. It really does feel like it mirrored even like a spiritual season for me. Mm -hmm. Um, our summer was long. We had a long and hard season of ministry over the summer. And, um, there were some, some things that we were dealing with that I would have just described as sort of like oppressive, like they, Mm -hmm. they weren't easily solved or they just weren't like, Oh, we need to rearrange our schedule and everything's better. All of a sudden there was no life hack for them. They just had to be right. pressed into, and we had to walk through it in, with wisdom. You know, that was just the nature of the situation, but then it was like the Lord, um, turned the page for us in a way and some things became clearer and some situations just changed and the Lord in his grace gave us fresh endurance. And it kind of came at the same time as we transitioned from summer to fall here in North Carolina. And so when I'm out in nature and it is cool and there's a breeze and the leaves are crisp, I just am reminded to thank the Lord that every season is different. You know, Mm. he really does bring us you know, no one season lasts forever. He brings us relief and he brings us release from mm. um, difficulties um, very often. He does this all the time in our lives. And it's so re- it reminds us to be grateful. Um, the second thing that's refreshing me is that as we approach the holidays, 
Um, I'm getting back into baking bread and Mm. that is something I really enjoy. But when I was going through book launch season, things were just so busy. Honestly, I just didn't have time. And bread is a time thing. Like it's, you know, (laughs) you've got to make it and let it prove. And then you've got to give it a second rise and shape it and all of that. Like you just have to have time. And I didn't have that. And so now that I have a little more of that time, it has been so, so refreshing to create Mm. in that way. Again, I have like the creative space almost again um, to do that. So that has been really exciting. Yes. That is so fun. And it's good for the soul. (laughs) And for our bellies. Good for yes. our souls and our bellies. True. Nothing <laughs> processed going on there when you make it at home. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today, Amy. And I think that this conversation is going to be so helpful for my listeners and it's been helpful for me as well. So I just wish you best of luck with your book and hope that everyone gets it because it sounds like it's just a great start for all of us theologians out there. That's right. Thanks, Emma. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Ladies, I pray that the Holy Spirit uses this conversation with Amy today to just stir your affections for Him and to want to be able to get to know Him more through His Word. I am so thankful for her time on the podcast today and for her mission to make theology accessible for everyone. It has been such a great year. I'm so thankful for all of you and the time that you've dedicated to listening in to this podcast. I am just so thankful for each and every one of you, specifically to those of you who give financially to my podcast, for those of you who give me encouragement along the way. I am truly so thankful for just everybody who has any sort of uh, part in this ministry. And so I am just so thankful for all of you as we close out this year. With all of that said, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Stay fresh, my people.